You're listening to the RSA Conference podcast, where the world talks security. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this edition of the RSA Conference podcast series. Today, we're talking about proactive steps to securely build for the future. As we've all been adjusting to the new security normal during the pandemic, many of us have been trying to solve for the challenges right in front of us. Undoubtedly, we've made some rash decisions because we had to, but where do we go from here? Today, we'll start to answer that question as we discuss the proactive steps you need to take in order to securely build for the future. Before we begin, though, I'd like to ask our guests to introduce themselves. Sunil Arun? Hey, folks. Uh, thanks, Casey. This is uh, Sunil Pody. I lead the security uh, products and engineering as VP and GM at Google Cloud. Casey, thank you. Uh, Arun Perrin-Kolam. I'm a principal with Deloitte, uh, one of the leaders in our U.S. cyber risk practice. I've been with uh, Deloitte for a little over 15 years now, spent most of that time advising, serving some of our marquee tech sector clients. Uh, at Deloitte, I help lead a number of our marketplace efforts within cloud and infrastructure security broadly, and currently serve as Deloitte's uh, Google Cloud Cyber Alliance leader, where my team and I I've had the privilege of uh, collaborating closely with Sunil and his team for a little over a year now on some of our joint efforts. Excellent. Well, great to meet you both, and I appreciate you joining us. I'd like to start off with a question for both of you, but Arun, let's hear from you first. How has the attack surface changed for customers now that many workforces are remote? Yeah, so Casey, the attack surface has quite significantly changed right since the onset of the pandemic, the almost 100% remote work arrangements have, you know, in my mind, dissolved any existing notions that organizations have had of enterprise network perimeters and are forcing connections from inherently insecure home networks. Uh, a lot of the cyber criminals are obviously looking to exploit this and the home-based smart devices as vectors for attack. So as a result, you know, what we have seen as security breaches have gone up significantly the first quarter this year uh, as compared to last year. And the other element that's contributing to this is also that more organizations have really pivoted to a much heavier reliance on e-commerce and online business models. There's also been a surge from what we have seen in COVID-19-related scams, uh, fraud and phishing campaigns. So the confusion and Uncertainty with the overall kind of business environment and our communities and society at large continues to be fertile ground for the cyber underground. So there are fraudsters that are posing as charities. There's been a spike in COVID-19 email phishing campaigns, all really aimed at things like account takeover, password theft, and credential capture. And lastly, I'll say we have also seen a significant increase in malware and ransomware attacks. So. Deloitte Cyber Threat uh, Intelligence Unit saw a huge spike in mal spam campaigns within enterprises, which uh, leverage what I call the COVID-19 lure, all with, again, a goal to get a few user clicks and effectuate malware downloads. Thanks for that, Arun. Sunil, did you want to weigh in on that? Yeah. You know, I think Arun hit uh, quite a few of the uh, key points. I'll just talk about some meta-level things, and then we can keep going, Casey. So the way to think about this is that I don't think, you know, people call it the new normal. At least from a, a security perspective, we think about it more of an accelerated normal in the sense that companies have always prioritized security 
and to some extent, obviously, compliance and regulation capabilities as ways to convert from what I would call as headwinds uh, to tailwinds, where you can bring unprecedented convenience and efficiency and efficacy of operations without compromising on security or even on compliance. But also, if anything, you know, today folks trade off security versus convenience. And if someone could actually flip that to say that, look, let's optimize for convenience and productivity while not having to worry about security, then it's a game changer for uh, business outcomes. And so, so people have been working on that for the last few years. Obviously, the threat surface, the attack vector surface, and all that that Arun was talking about has only been increasing over the years. What we have found in a post-COVID situation is the following. Folks that have always put things in place and we're thinking of these long-term initiatives have now started to accelerate those long-term initiatives that would have been in place for like maybe years to weeks. And especially now that we're coming out of the first six months post-COVID, uh, what I would call as the, the industry is now trying to go from playing defense to playing offense in the sense that, look, now that we've done enough to kind of patch the woodwork a little bit, now what is it that we could be doing to structurally change for the long term and do it now because we don't really have a choice to wait for two to three years to the points that Arun was talking about, right? Because, you know, pretty much every company, in addition to trying to make sure that, uh, you know, to handle the distributed workforce agenda in a much more safe manner, they're also pivoting their businesses in many cases to uh, online. And in some cases, that's exposing an increased attack vector surface, as Arun was saying, right? So, so essentially, the bottom line for us is that I think in Google Cloud and working with partners like Deloitte, we see that customers have internalized that they now have to do uh, these secular changes around increasing their safety posture in a step function way now in months, if not weeks, uh, versus waiting for years. That's so interesting, and it definitely leads into my next question, this accelerated normal, because COVID-19 has certainly forced enterprises to adopt new ways of working in order to ensure their data remains protected as they navigate the impacts of the global pandemic and manage a distributed workforce. So what are, Sunil, some of these new ways or accelerated, you know, you talk about the accelerated from years to weeks and they're, you know, going from defense to offense. So what if you could give a few specific examples, are some of what you've seen customers adopting? Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll start with, like, how Google themselves prepared it in terms of, uh, you know, getting ready for some of the accelerated normal stuff is, look, I, I think everybody knows that there was a major attack on Google uh, about a dozen years ago from a nation state. And, and a couple of things that came out of that structurally within a company like Google was to essentially adopt this detect everything, trust nothing mantra. And over the years, we've been building these capabilities that essentially say, look, pretty much any uh, event in the network, any event on a user endpoint, a laptop, on a mobile device, or an application or data, wherever it's stored, there needs to be a way to kind of see it first before any action can be taken, okay? And I'll talk to you a little bit about the kinds of tech that have uh, evolved from that vector. The yang to that yin was the fact that we need to also ensure that, look, we increasingly were 
live in this zero trust world. And so therefore, you can't assume things that we assumed many years ago of being on a network and being connected to an app and so forth. And, uh, and ultimately, if you found a way to allow users to work from anywhere and from any device and connecting to any app, and if you can build an infrastructure and capabilities to support that kind of work style, not only are you now reducing the surface area of attacks, you're actually improving their productivity. And so when COVID hit, we had 100,000 plus Google employees literally in a week without any major structural change, pretty much go home and be productive. And in some cases, uh, more productive. And so I would summarize it as basically there are these two primary things that we think about from a structural perspective of capabilities that people are looking at. One is the fact to, that, look, as the workforce becomes distributed, it is probably going to stay distributed for the long term. But even if it converges back to like something in the middle, it's an opportunity for every enterprise to really up-level their security posture by adopting the zero-trust approach from users accessing their endpoints, whether it's at their home and Starbucks or at the office to any application from any location, right? So that is one vector of uh, capabilities and technologies that we see are now blossoming. Uh, the other category, uh, and Arun mentioned this at the beginning, is that as more and more businesses go online, the business security posture needs to go up 10x to protect against online phishing, credential stuffing, and a variety of attacks now become more central to your business outcomes. So those would be the two primary vectors of how we think about, you know, where the, uh, the accelerated normal can apply to the security landscape is around zero trust in a way that you can detect everything but trust nothing. And secondly, is to about to have a truly, you know, new look on your online security presence. I did want to switch gears a little bit to sort of redirect that question to Arun in terms of you mentioned a lot of ways that Google has worked to, you know, detect everything, trust nothing with this zero trust approach so that your workforce literally needed very little change to its infrastructure in order for your employees to go home and be able to increase productivity, reduce risk, uh, and um, minimize the attack surface. But that's Google, right? And so, Arun, I'd love to hear from you the increased remote workforce and the changes to the organization's attack surface. And maybe talk to the listeners a little bit about why it is so important now more than ever to be investing in security and these kinds of zero-trust strategies that can protect a growing remote workforce. Yeah, Casey, that's a great question. And I think Sunil touched uh, on this uh, just a few minutes back and made a lot of great points, right? But a couple of maybe additional data points I'll share here is when organizations, you know, made the near 100% kind of remote workforce pivot, there was, you know, likely a perception of this uncertainty kind of being short-lived and a quick recovery to normalcy, right? And as I think uh, Sunil alluded to this, with us being six plus months in, uh, I think the realization has sunk in that there's going to be no 
step back to what was considered business as usual state before, right? A lot of enterprises have announced that their workforces can continue to operate remotely for the foreseeable future. Some of them have said they can continue working remotely for life. Uh, also, the shift to the largely online business models, uh, enterprises, you know, who had brought in like maybe temporary call center, support center reinforcements as an example, are realizing that these, you know, temp workforces will need to be permanent. I mean, these are just a few examples, but the key takeaway here is that some of the rapid intervention that might have occurred to respond to the pandemic and immediately recover may not necessarily be the measures organizations need to thrive, you know, to be more secure and, you know, sustain the this new accelerated normal that we are in, right? So with, with the changes to the attack surface, the renewed attack vectors we talked about, and the need for cyber sustenance, uh, to answer your question very directly, the importance to keep up and scale these investments in cybersecurity is now more critical than ever. And Tanil, have you seen, um, or could you talk about a little bit, the challenges of investing in security at a time when many IT budgets are shrinking and security is really at risk of being deprioritized or even compromised. So with tighter budgets, what should security teams be doing within their means to protect the organization? As we talked about these three or four, uh, a few of these like major opportunities for folks to kind of what I would call re-platform their security posture, whether it be using the distributed workforce, pivot, whether it's the uh, acceleration to online and so forth, what we're finding in many of our customers are a couple of things. First of all, in general, while the IT budgets are being reduced, the onus around security uh, continues to be a top-tier board topic simply because, you know, every company is just a, a hack away from a much bigger impact than even COVID, right, as you've seen with many customers out there. So it remains top of mind, but I think the kind of thing that we're helping our customers work through with Deloitte and folks is the fact that we can direct with a few initiatives that are actually about accelerating the top line in these days, especially. And if so, if you could do that and then lay the foundation for security measures that help you accelerate the top line, and then in doing so also use the same approach to actually solve for other problems and other initiatives down the road, then it becomes a good way to kind of phase these uh, security priorities or investments. So, for example, as we just talked about, as customers move to online and, you know, many, many, uh, if I can call it traditional brick-and-mortar customers are actually going all-in, actually, as, as we all know, with respect to almost creating a new distribution chain that's completely digital and so forth, not just a, a website uh, with a shopping cart and so forth. The things that are hitting them are facts that they may have ignored because only a small percentage of their business was coming from the website. Now, as more than 50% or so comes from the website, facts like, hey, 91% of targeted attacks start with phishing, or almost 10% of online businesses' revenue are lost to fraud and account takeovers. Those numbers become meaningful. And so... What we are working with our customers on, and many of them are actually you know, themselves proactively you know, coming to the same thing, is to look at those kinds of top-line-oriented uh, initiatives that are primarily solved by security measures, you know, using 
the technologies, like in our particular case, we have a, a suite of what we call user protection services that are based on proven, you know, recapture and web risk technologies that allow customers to kind of essentially have a very secure online presence that directly maps to a top line game. Right? So that's an example of an initiative to to essentially map to a top line or a you know tangible business outcome that easily justifies a security replatforming opportunity that then can be built on for other initiatives. And Arun, I want to turn back to you for a moment. So we've talked about, you know, restrained budgets and what strategies can be put in place um, within a smaller budget uh, if the focus remains on security. And there are certainly other security challenges associated with working remotely that we've talked about. I wanted to ask you specifically how you've addressed some of the security challenges you've experienced. Yeah, sure, Casey. I mean, there are maybe several aspects I can talk about here, but I'll highlight a few important ones, right? So Neil talked about preservation of top line, which uh, I completely agree with in terms of organizations needing to focus on that. And when you look at aspects like uptick and, and fraud and phishing, they directly impact that, right? So. What we have seen is, you know, a lot of the organizations that um, we serve directly and jointly with Google, uh, we have seen an amping up uh, of existing, say, employee and user security awareness and training programs, right, to really reinforce secure remote work etiquette, including things like, you know, very purpose-built internal phishing simulations as an example. Uh, that's number one. Uh, I talked about cyber sustenance earlier. Uh, Evaluating whether your current secure remote access capability can truly sustain and scale is something that we are talking to and advising a lot of clients around. So, and this is where transformational approaches like moving to a zero trust architecture and a tech stack like Google's Beyond Corp are starting to kind of gain ground. Uh, in my mind, this, you know, uh, it not only elegantly solves and scales for the work from anywhere, work from any device problem set, but more importantly, it sets our clients on the path to deploying a true enterprise-wide zero-trust program, which, if done right, uh, will not only improve the overall user experience and simplify security operations, but back to your point around restrained budgets, it can actually help reduce cost. And uh, I think the last point I'll, I'll make is, you know, we, we have talked about the expanded attack surface and the new attack vectors now. Uh, there is a real need for tight integration between security operations, capabilities such as, you know, endpoint protection, verification, threat detection, monitoring, and incident response. So, in other words, you know, uh, organizations uh, who have flexible and a scalable SOAR-like capability during this time, it can be a lifesaver. I have another question for both of you. What are proactive steps that businesses can take today to prepare for a more secure future for both in-office and remote work environments? Erwin, let's start with you. Yeah, Casey, I'll, uh, I'll maybe take a slightly different angle here in answering the question, right? So in the coming months, because we, we already covered a lot of uh, ground here in terms of proactive steps that businesses can take, but in the coming months, as organizations, you know, start to prepare for return to work, right, at some scale, whatever form it takes and whenever that is, the ability to seamlessly flip between 
a secure remote and in person and a hybrid user experience is going to be important uh, and to that end revisiting and revising both physical and digital user identity and access management capabilities to offer this agility is an area that we are you know talking to a lot of our clients around this especially rings true as organizations think through right what the future of work means for them and wanting and requiring the ability to have these identity and access management solutions integrate with net new technology capabilities that may be warranted in the workplace like user screening contact tracing you know employee engagement and case management and all associated analytics and reporting that comes along with that also the second point with return to work that i'll make is there is going to be the potential to collect additional phi and pii data right an organization should proactively be thinking about how they mitigate concerns around data privacy uh, which will include aspects like user consent you know secure data storage use transfer and retention and as a final point maybe i'll mention that any previous perceptions that organizations had of risk resulting from you know experimentation with newer security architectures and operating models like zero trust etc i mean they have been seriously overshadowed by the real business risk uh, presented by covid right so proactively using this time like i think sunil alluded to earlier to fast track long overdue security and digital transformation initiatives will likely reap some serious benefits uh, both from a business and a technology standpoint sunil arun this has been such an enlightening conversation that hopefully serves our listeners well as they move forward. Before we wrap up, do you have any parting words? I'll uh, maybe say a few things. I, th- I think uh, we call this, uh, you know, different words uh, like accelerated normal or a safer normal. If we drop the word normal, if the state of mind is what we're saying with many of our customers and partners, is to adopt a more bolder approach uh, coming out out of the last six months. And yeah, you know, we might be in this for another six months, 12 months, however long it is. But I think businesses are now able to kind of like look past uh, some of the shock to the system to essentially use this as an opportunity to become bold. And that's why I think it's a real opportunity to change the landscape and the game against the actors in the security industry in a way that's non-incremental. Because that's what for the last decade or two we've been doing is incrementally you know making progress but i think uh, you know sometimes you need secular shifts like this to kind of have to mobilize the industry to kind of at least choose a few uh, key important topics and in our opinion what we're finding is that the boards the executive teams but also the technology teams are really looking at security landscape holistically to kind of replatform so that we can take a you know a real step function change to the industry going forward. So basically being bold in security uh, is what we're seeing with our customers. Excellent. That's a great tip for most organizations, right? Be bold in security. Arun? Yeah, Casey, second, everything uh, Sunil just mentioned, uh, I'll maybe just add that for me, organizations that are going to emerge stronger with, you know, truly future forward cyber programs are going to be the ones that are willing to transform and innovate their way out of out of this so they can thrive in the safer kind of more secure normal and of course wanted to thank you for having me on today 
Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have both of you. Listeners, thank you for joining us, and stay tuned for our next podcast series on edge computing, zero trust, and DevSecOps within the context of the digital first world.